as we're kind of calming down now, we're starting to get into this. Uh, we're going to kind of move quickly because we have some stuff to get to at the end of uh, service. But I was, I was just curious, what is the most important, important part of a relationship? What do you guys think is the most important part? Go. You got, don't know any ideas. Yes. Honesty. That's a, that's a good one. We're getting there. Yeah. Respect is a big one. Yeah. Kindness is good. Trust is good. Yeah. Sacrifice is a big one. Yeah. Food. Food's another massive one. Purity. That's a good one. Okay. Awesome. Yes. It's not even up there yet. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. Communication. Uh, same. Same. I like it. Yep. It's good. Yes. We'll see. We'll see. Some people might look at relationships. You guys listening? I know it's a fun time, but we're going to kind of calm it down. Some people look at relationships and they might say, oh, the physical, uh, the physical side of a relationship is the most fun part. That's the thing that holds it together. But what happens when that happens? Kind of crumbles, remember? Yeah. Kind of crumbles. We, t- we talked about that. Absolutely. What about, what about if uh, you're dating someone because you like having somebody around your arm and going to parties or going to, to get-togethers and you're, like, introducing everybody to your boo thing and you're like, this is, this is the thing that's keeping my relationship together? Does that keep a relationship going strong? No. No, it doesn't. I would think, and we've already been hitting on it a little bit, I would think that all of the things that you guys have said are big and important, but I would think talking to each other and having that communication, like a couple of you guys said, is really the fabric and the foundation for everything. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you guys agree? Um, It's important to be on the same page, isn't it? It's important to work as a team and function as a team and be together. Um, There's actually a clip I was wanting to show of what just can happen when communication is a little off. If you guys could show that, please. Hill misses. Rebound goes to the Cavs. J.R. Smith brings it back out. Throws it to Hill. Hill shot blocked. And will go to overtime. You get the feeling J.R. Smith thought they had the lead. He didn't know the score. I think exactly. That's a bad mistake by J.R. Smith. And LeBron James was trying to get a timeout. And LeBron James is wide open on the, at the top when he gets the rebound. And they had a timeout left. Let's watch it again. Great job from Smith to get the rebound, but dribble it away. And Hill could not get off a quality shot. This is my favorite part. Watch this. Watch James. Now wanted a timeout, but too late to get it. And five minutes go up on the clock. Overtime here in game one. So game one, I know it was a little weird, a little wonky on the audio. You guys, anybody sports fans and remember that, that game? So if you didn't take a look at the, how much time was left, there was 4.7 seconds left. And, it's, and when, when J.R. Smith got the rebound, instead of putting it back up, which you would do to win the game because it was tied, he dribbled it out to run out the clock. And I love LeBron. I don't know if you've ever seen that picture. I think it's become a meme now. I don't know. Yeah. But he's literally like, dude, what are you doing? Like, communication is super important in that context. They ended up losing that game, I believe. And then they ended up losing that series. Yeah, they got swept that series. Yeah. 
Well, he, yeah, but he was frustrated because the communication was off. Did you guys know, and I know that this is an old statistic, and I'm trying to, to move along here, but as in 18, uh, 18, 1989, in 1989, there was, this, there was this researcher, and his name was Ray Brids-Wetzel. Brids-Wetzel, that's a cool last name, right? He, was, he, he did, a, he did a, um, he did a study, and this is 1989, so this is before like personal computers were a big thing. It's definitely before iPhones and streaming services. So this probably would, would be a statistic that I would assume has become uh, farther gapped. But he looked at uh, married couples. This is crazy. Married couples spent an average of 27.5 minutes talking. 25 or 27.5 minutes talking a week. That's it. 27.5, less than 30 minutes. Guess how many hours a week they spent watching TV? Forty-six hours a week compared to 30 minutes of actually talking. And that's, again, before the technology boom. So this is before we have devices in our hands that disconnect us even further. Communication can make or break a relationship, and it starves. It's the very thing that starves relationships until they die off and they break up or, 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 or they, they fall. So we've learned about what? We've learned about attraction. Then what? Dating. Yep. Then what? Courtship. And now we're talking about communication. We have seen this, this budding relationship between Solomon and the Sholomite woman, and we saw, we saw her self-esteem grow. We've seen their relationship grow. She falls for him because he's respectful and he loves her. There's no fear. There's no harshness. There's no anger there. There's just love between these two. And that's what God himself has shown us. Amen? Remember we talked about Remember we talked about her being the banner or him being the banner over her and how important that was because Jesus and God is the banner over us, right? We talked about that significance. There, remember we talked last week as well, there's an excitement about the relationship. There's an excitement there. They're gearing up now where we're, where we're at in this story. They're gearing up for wedding day. The wedding day celebration. And we left off, remember he was jumping through the, the, all of the, the different terrain and he was excited to see his, his beloved. You remember that? How excited he was. He said he was running through and, and he, was, he wasn't just, you know, standing there and kind of, you know, passive about it. He was excited. Remember verse 14? Let me read, let me read verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 14. This is what it says. It says, my dove... In the cleft of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face and let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet. There's this really big, important thing that you have to know in just this verse, and I want to kind of hit on it. We hit on it a little bit last week when we ended, but this is important. You have to have a desire to listen to whoever you're dating or whoever you're married to or whoever you're with. You have to have that desire. Guys, it's kind of weird for, for, to read this story and to hear him so, like, infatuated with her talking. You know, a lot of times, guys get the stigma that we don't like it. We would rather just, you know, somebody uh, or significant other to kind of be quiet and, and just move on and things are good. We don't like communication. We don't like talking all that much. Like, that's just kind of how guys are wired. But this dude is different. 
He's saying, I want to hear from you. Your voice is sweet. He's not just saying that like the tone of her voice is sweet, but what he's saying is what you have to say is important and I want to know it. Please let me know your heart. Let me hear your thoughts. I'm interested in you. Guys, we have to do a better job of asking our significant other's opinion of things, hearing her heart. We have to do uh, our part. Do we lead the relationship? Absolutely. Are we supposed to lead with integrity? Absolutely. But we can't domineer conversation. We can't run away and, and just assume that she's just going to follow us like a, like a pet. We can't assume that. We have to be so clear on our communication and make sure that we're on the same page. Do you guys follow me? I just think that that's important. Because what happens if you do that, if you domineer conversation, you might realize that she's not even really in the relationship anymore. Her heart is not in it anymore because you're really not asking her opinion. You really don't care about her heart, and she might feel like you're just not paying attention. How many people have friends who don't pay attention to you very much? Ouch. Maybe you guys need some new friends. I don't know. But, like, it's, it's rough, isn't it? Or, or, or have you ever had anybody be distracted while you're talking with them? Yeah? Now, I'd like to apologize publicly to Micah because we met up today, and I kind of got busy with uploading stuff, and I am sorry for, for not having that, that communication clear. I just want to clear that up because I think it's important. Absolutely. I love you, dude. But, like, but like that's important to, to sit there and, to, and to, to make that eye contact and to really be genuinely interested. How many people know that if, you don't, if you're not interested in your, whoever you're dating, it's probably not going to work out very well, huh? Yeah, I mean, if you're not interested in, in who you're dating, it should probably be uh, an issue. I know we talked about the television stuff uh, uh, earlier to introduce it, but there's also a, a, a commercial that I saw, and I won't show it now because it's kind of older, um, and this guy has a remote in his hand, and he's just glued to the TV, and to the side is the door, you know, the, the, the door to the house, and this wife is standing at the door with all of her suitcases, not a good look, is it? And do you know what he says to her? She's like, she's like, okay, I'm out, and you know, I'm I'm leaving, I'm gone. Like, I can't talk to you. And he responds and says, oh, we'll wait until a commercial before we can talk, please. I I just like to finish this. Can we wait for the ads? Man, that's not, <laughs> that's not that. Guys, don't be that person. Don't be that person who who doesn't care about what your significant other has to say. Ladies, there's another significant part to this as well. You have to know that you have power to speak your mind. You have to know that you have power to, to speak your opinion and to, to feel validated in that, man. If you're letting guys speak over you or you're letting a guy kind of shut you down, man, you need to really evaluate if you need to be in that relationship. And I would say, as I've said throughout this entire series, I would, this also applies to friendships. Man, if you have a friend who, who is also like that, who's domineering conversation or, or doesn't want to hear from you as much, man, I would really look at that relationship or that friendship and say, I don't really know if this is right. You guys tracking with me? So it's important. It's important to have the desire to what? Have the desire to listen. And, and, and it, here's, here's where it gets a little weird, though. Verse 15, this is what it says in verse 15. Uh, 2.15, it says, catch for us, this is still the guy talking, Solomon, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes 
that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. You guys probably are looking at this verse and going, well, foxes aren't that threatening. Who's scared of foxes? Okay, maybe there's a bigger fear of, of foxes than I remembered. Okay, that's, that's there. Anybody deathly afraid of foxes? Still? Do you have a traumatic experience? Oh, you're just scared of them. You just don't like them. It's the noses, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Well, see, well, see in, in biblical times, regardless of if you have a fear or not, in biblical times, they were a problem. And they kind of still are uh, if you have, like, property and you have gardens because what do they do? They get in there and they eat everything. They eat. They destroy them, absolutely. And see, if foxes were allowed to run rampant, do you know what they would do? Destroy everything and then just move on because they're looking for the next one. That's all they're doing. That's all the foxes are doing. And we had a, a bunch of illustrations about the woman being the caretaker of the vineyard. You guys remember that? Really? You guys remember it? Cool. Remember her being the caretaker of the, of the vineyard? It's not really talking about a physical vineyard. It's talking about the relationship. What they're saying here is they're saying, I'd like to talk with, he, he is taking that initiative to say, I'd like to talk with you. You know, I'd like to, to talk and I'd like to get rid of the things that ruin your relationships. I'd like to talk about the things that would be unhelpful to us and concentrate on the things that would be helpful. He's trying to guard that relationship. Remember last, last, we actually just had a question up here during that time of airing out dirty laundry. If you, you, sometimes you have to have those tough discussions. I said it last week, and I'll say it this week again. If your significant other doesn't forgive you or respect you after you've confessed all of your mistakes in your past, after you've repented and you know that you're forgiven of it, they still don't forgive you or they still hold that as, as judgment over you, you don't want to be in that relationship. I promise you, you don't. You don't want them in marriage because all they're ever going to do is hold that stuff against you anyway. People who don't understand forgiveness, especially those who, who, who aren't uh, uh, believers, that's an important thing. To make sure that you're connected with someone so that you're not being uh, un unnecessarily judged for, for something that you've already received forgiveness for. Are you guys with me? I feel like there's a lot of heads like looking at phones or texting or stuff like that. And so, I no, I'm cool. Well, awesome. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. I was just making sure, just checking with you guys. You see, you see, tox toxicity, it's a killer in relationships. You guys know the, the buzzword, everybody likes to talk about toxic relationships. Cut the toxic relationships out, please. You ever hear that, pe those people who, who are like, you're too toxic. You're too, it's, yeah. It's a real thing, though. A lot of people like to use it as buzzwords, but it's a real thing. If you, have, if you have a toxic person in your life who's not allowing you to experience that forgiveness, man, you have to really take a reevaluation of that relationship. And see, Solomon, Solomon is actually, when he says this, it's actually really cool because how many people know he had a bunch of women at his disposal because he was a king? So he had like six, seven, eight hundred women that he could call upon whenever. Like that's just how they functioned at that time. Literally, what he could do 
literally what he could do is he could say, hey, um, I would like one of my wives to, to be with me tonight. I would like for this one and call them in and I'm not even going to know who they are. You just pick one and whatever. And that was kind of how he functioned. And what he's saying here is he's saying this is the stuff that I didn't do. I never took time to, to, to worry about communication or to take that initiative to communicate with, with a woman. And I'm trying to do that. He's making that intentional, um, purposeful like conversation with the girl to know hey, man, I am in this for real. And, and I think that it's awesome. Check out her response to this. So he's saying, hey, we got to catch those foxes. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. I think I, I might have uh, uh, skipped out over that. But, but, but just make sure that you know that. And you got to catch those foxes in your relationships. Have those tough conversations. Air out that dirty laundry. You guys with me? Awesome. Here in, uh, in Solomon uh, 16 through 17. This is ending out chapter two. We're almost two chapters done, man. It's awesome. Whoop, whoop. Ah, there's there's a few. So, um, check this out. This is what he. This is what she says in response. She said, "My beloved is mine, and I am his. He browses among the lilies until the day breaks, until the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag." Again, we got that again. And, and run on the rugged hills. So this is, this is another point that, that is so important, and this is kind of where we're going to land on and, and hold to for the rest of this time about communication, and this is really important. Know that good communication, you guys with me? Good communication is going to intensify feelings. Good communication is going to intensify your feelings. You see, the words of the bride here, it's pretty evident that Solomon is lovingly regarded as a shepherd, as a leader. She has love and she has respect for him. And it's growing more and more, and she's becoming more and more infatuated with him because of how he's communicating to her and what he's communicating to her. Guys, that's the power of communication. You guys know the, know the, uh, the scripture that says the power of what? Life and death is through the what? Heart, tongue, absolutely. Guys, I know that that's talking about building people up and tearing them down, but I'm going to use it in this context. Man, if you're building up that relationship, that is an awesome thing, and you, that is commendable. And what that's going to do is just strengthen your relationship so much so that the next progression of that is to, to be physical. That's just the, the next logical step of what those relationships get taken to. And what she's saying here is, She's really inviting her, him in to this really intimate place. We talked, we talked about how there's a bunch of metaphors uh, that she uses for her body, right? Remember we're talking about that in verse 1, and you guys handled it so well, and I'm super proud of you guys for doing that. So listen, let me tell you this. The hills that she's talking about are not hills. It's, it's, it's her body. That's what she's saying. She's saying, turn and run to me. Because I want you really, really badly. That's what she's saying. She's inviting him in. She, there's a deep connection happening, and it's the communication that is causing that deep connection. So it's not uncommon, and it's not a wrong feeling. I don't want you guys to, to feel like that is, is, is wrong. But here's the important thing, and this is, this is a big part of it. 
Remember we talked about the fireplace for like two weeks now? Guys, if you let that, if you take a step over that line, remember how we talked about fire, fireplaces are good when they're kept in the fireplace? Well, what happens when you start a fire in your living room? Burns everything down. Burns everything down. Listen, God is not intimidated by, by being intimate or being physical. I know that that might be weird, and I know that that might go against maybe what you've heard, but that's not the case. God created things like, like, like physical bodies and, and all of that. And I'm not trying to be like your parents and give you a talk or anything. I'm just saying it's created by God, but it's on us. It's on us to make sure that we're keeping that stoked and, and cared for in the fire, in the fireplace. So she keeps going on in chapter three. We're going to kind of read through uh, four verses here. So this is what she's saying. She's really, like I said, she's just intensely wanting this guy. And this is what she says. She says, all night long, long on my bed, I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him but did not find him. I will get up now and go about the city. Ladies, would you guys get up in the middle of the night and go search Prescott Valley or Dewey or <laughs> Prescott for somebody that you liked? Please don't do that. Please don't do that. that that's not a good idea. But this is what she says. She says, I will, <laughs> she, says, she says, I will get up now and I will go about the city. Through its streets and squares, I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him, but did not find him. The watchman found me, and they made their rounds in the city. And this is her talking and asking them. She says, have you seen the one my heart loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him. And I would not let him go, so now she's found him, until I brought him to my mother's house, to the room of the one who conceived me. What she's saying is, guys, meeting the parents in that culture was big. It's still big now. It's still big now. But what she's trying to do, what she's trying to do now is she's so in, in love with him and infatuated with him, and she just has a deep desire for him. That she gets up and she starts looking about the city. Remember how I just asked you guys, is that not crazy? She's probably got some mad love right now, right? Like that's crazy to get up in the middle of the city in the middle of the night and start looking for somebody, especially a king who's probably heavily guarded and not going to be wandering the city. Like that's a, a, a crazy thing to do, right? It's crazy what love makes you do sometimes. But She's looking around this, this whole city, and she's looking for him, and it's, it, it highlights this. Guys, it, it, this, it, it's really easy for guys sometimes to move from relationship to relationship. And I'm not talking, and I'm not talking about, like, oh, you're a player, and you're just moving on and, and using people. I'm not saying that. I'm talking, like, healthy breakups. Healthy breakups. It, it takes easier time for, for guys to to just move on from, from those relationships. Girls, they're a little bit more invested. That's just how they're wired. Am I saying anything wrong or would you guys agree? Would you guys agree? And, and it comes down to this. Guys, show of hands, have you ever feared, have you ever feared being alone, like deathly afraid of being alone? Oh, okay. Like guys, yeah. So okay, all right. All right, maybe that's a little, maybe that's a little different. I, I personally, 
personally have never felt that because I've, I was, you know, going on through, you know, I was a young guy, so I figured, like, it w- it'll come down the road. And, guys, it will come down the road, I'm telling you. Girls, there tends to be a little bit more of that investment. There tends to be a little bit more of that fear of being alone. I don't know what it is, but it just seems to, to be crippling. I remember um, I was in a relationship before the relationship that I'm in now, which is my last relationship. Thank God. Macy, I love you. You're awesome. Look at her. She's smiling, cheesing. So I was in a relationship uh, coming out of my first year at college, and um, she was a couple years, few years older than me, and um, so we were in college together, and, and we lived in the same city, and, and we had so many people telling us, like we were both youth leaders at the same time, and we had so many people saying, you guys are going to make a great team. This is going to make a great team. You guys are going to make uh, a, an awesome ministry team. You guys, how does it feel to find the one? What's, what's your marriage going to be like? All this stuff. We had all this stuff coming in. And we ended up breaking up. We ended up breaking that thing off. And it was done the right way. I mean, we, we had the conversations. We knew what we were doing. It was, all, it was all fine. But we walked away differently a little bit. You guys good? Okay, cool. We walked away a little bit differently. I walked away going back to my college campus which for a single guy now is, is pretty like, okay, cool, I'll be okay. There's girls that I'm friends with. There's people that I'm, I have friendships with. Like I can, you know, explore some of those relationships and see if there's any interest there or anything like that. Like that's for me. That's cool. She, on the other hand, was kind of staying back in the city that we were in. We were, and, and, and so for her, being a couple years older already, and being back in her hometown, kind of going back to, to, to where she had came from, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not saying that to, like, belittle her. I'm just saying she kind of walked away a little more hopeless, I guess, is, is, is the best way to explain it. You know, it felt like a restart. How many people have ever left friendships or relationships, and you feel like you're just at a restart? Man, I am just, I'm just at a restart, and I don't know what to do. Eventually, there was hope for me, and for her, it seems like, it, it seems like there's, there's been hope for her, and that's awesome, but that is kind of this relationship of what's going on, man. This girl, this woman is so infatuated with Solomon, and she's so ready for him, and, and, and all of those feelings are good, but she's trying to act on him. Let's see how he responds in verse 5, and this is a big one. This is a big one. In verse 5, and you might, it might sound familiar This is what he says, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. You guys remember this part? Do not arouse or awaken awaken love until it so desires. And this is, again, what we're going to kind of land on. We've been talking about it last week, and I want to still hit on it again today. And that is this, the communication, extend your communication to the boundaries that you set. Extend communication to boundaries. You see, he says it in verse 7 here. He says, listen, what, you, what you're feeling is normal. What you're feeling, that's a good feeling to have. And I'm so happy that you feel that way. But, but we're not going to act on this until the appropriate time, until our, our wedding night. That is not what we're going to do. We're not going to compromise this thing. He takes that initiative a second time. Most guys... Today, especially, don't even take it the first time. 
But he takes it now for the second time. He has this girl who is ready, absolutely ready. She brought him home to her mother. Like she was ready to expedite the wedding and go and go just AWOL. Hit the courthouse for $15 and move on. Get a get an Elvis Presley Vegas wedding. That's what she's ready to do, you know? And he says, No, 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 no. We're not gonna do that. Ladies, ladies, you have to find a guy who respects you and shows you respect and, and communicates clearly. If he shows you attention, that's awesome. Man, it is natural in those situations to just to to, to want to show him affection. That is that is natural. If you have a guy that you can bring home and get dad approved, awesome. Great stuff. Fantastic. And naturally, again, that progression is physicality. That's just the way that we, we're designed. But guys, it's important that you lead with integrity the same way that Solomon does here. Because, man, you could have a girl do that, and it could maybe pump your head up a little bit. You might get a little ego about you. Like, oh, yeah, look, this girl, like, really wants me. And, and, and all of a sudden... All of a sudden, it sets you up to fall and to fail. Guys, you have to protect that relationship and ensure that you don't fall down. Um, the guy who, who wrote all of this curriculum, the guy who, who inspired my youth pastor to do this, I was telling you, I sat through this as well. I was watching his sermon today, just kind of brushing up, seeing if there was anything uh, to talk about. And he said something that was pretty funny. He said, guys and girls... There's this thing that I call the one kiss rule. He said, if you can, if you can stay and not kiss through, through your marriage, that's what Macy and I are doing. We're not kissing until marriage. But, but you know, he said, the fact of the matter is, most of the time, that doesn't happen. He said, so here, here's, here's the rule I, I charge you with. One kiss. You get one kiss on the front steps after you drop her off on your date. One kiss. That's it. Run. <laughs> one kiss. Run. Don't go inside. Lock the doors. Don't lay down. Don't do this. He said, he said this, and again, it was hilarious to me. He said this, imagine, imagine like your, your parents. So, so, so you're dropping a girl off or a girl. Maybe you're dropping a guy off. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have a ride, whatever. You're dropping them off. Imagine that sitting on the porch with you are both sets of parents. <laughs> and here, okay, I'll make, it, I'll make it that much weirder for you. You ready? Imagine... Now, here we go. It's coming anyway. So imagine both sets of parents are here. And not only that, they're encouraging you, yeah, go for that kiss. Go for that one kiss. Is that not weird? Not weird to imagine? Okay. All right, good. I'm glad. Maybe it'll stop you from kissing at all. <laughs> here you go. Imagine they're both there. Now, if they're cheering for that one kiss, what are they expecting? They're expecting what? One kiss. So... If you're sitting on that front step and you're trying to slip a tongue or do something crazy, just imagine uh, dad pulling you off and going crazy on you because that's definitely what he would do. I don't even have kids yet. I'm not looking for kids yet. But listen, I already know that pff, if I have a girl, it's over, like pff, over, over. So guys and girls, remember that. Man, hold, hold, tr hold, hold true to that and, and really set those boundaries up the same way that Solomon was setting up boundaries. Place yourself in his shoes for a little bit. This woman is absolutely, positively craving him. And uh, the piano worship team can, can come on out. Absolutely craving him. 
But what does he do? He chooses to remain pure until the wedding night, until the right time. You guys with me? Because I'm about to close up. See, see, this is the power. This is the power and, and the goodness of good communication. Man, when you have good communication, your relationships can go exceedingly far. Your, your, your communication can be awesome. But the trade-off for that good communication, the same way that it happened here, is that physical, that physical feeling. That, that feeling of, oh man, like, like I'm attracted to you, I'm attracted to your heart, I'm attracted to your character, like, like I want you. That's just the natural next phase of a relationship. That's why it's so important to be intentional the same way that Solomon was intentional, man. Because if you don't, you'll set your, uh, yourself up to fail and to fall. You'll set yourself up to fail and to fall. And I'll say it again. We've been uh, saying this again. But if you have already made those mistakes, know that there's forgiveness. Know that, that it's not too late to set boundaries for yourself. Don't look at yourself as damaged goods or as someone who, who is, 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 you know, like broken. Like I've already messed up, so I just better keep messing up. Like don't look at yourself like that. Man, God sees you as so, so much more. So much more. Communication is going to be the thing that makes or breaks your relationship. You just have to be sure that if it's making your relationship, it's making it to purity. And it's making, while, making it while keeping that at the forefront. You guys with me? Awesome.